turned out to be completely unreliable asshole. Hey, Tim. Hi, Ryan. Good evening. Good to see you. You too. I'm sorry. I mean, hello, Ryan. Very good to see you. Hello, Tim. I'm going to have a... Bri- I can't do a British accent. Sorry. Oh, I always do whatever this is, That was the best I could do. Um, we usually start these episodes with something that scares us, but this is the fourth episode and we realized as much as we want to try it, I don't think it's very sustainable <laughs> unless it comes back by popular demand. That's right. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about it on Twitter or something. I, uh, I did, I've been thinking a lot about our last episode though, Oh, really? which was on insidious. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say something about it before we got started. If that was okay with you. It's fine with me. Um, I'm very curious. Well, uh, it was our first. It was our first review that was a movie that we didn't like. True, and that's something that's I'm sure going to happen plenty, and and <laughs> also true. <laughs> probably more often than not. I don't know. We had a good string of the first two. That's were yeah. good films, but I don't know. It was just just looking back on it. I real I felt really bad for Patrick Wilson, who I specifically. Was calling out. <laughs> out and giving a bad time and not that I'll ever hear this but I felt like I should apologize to him and I wanted to acknowledge that on these films I don't know it's weird like it's easy it's hard because it's fun to put them down but there's like real people who worked on them you know and they are trying True. their best and I always like to fall back on the philosophy that no matter what even those people that we you know we're ragging on for pretty good reasons. The filmmakers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone is trying their best, and I think, and I think a lot of you know, not a lot of it, but but there's definitely some envy there for these people who are fortunate to be in a position to yeah. actually get the money and try to make these movies, and uh, Patrick Wilson included. <laughs> I'm sorry about again, but I, it's just a, something we're going to be bumping up against. Yeah, and, and it's I think that you're allowed to not like somebody yeah you know it doesn't mean you're saying they're a bad person or anything right people right? should but, be able to take criticism yeah but also not even just criticism like they you should be able to say i just don't like this particular actor or this particular performance or whatever right and it's not like you're not i don't know Right, that's why, and that's why we have our segments as things that worked for me and things that yeah. didn't work for me. It's not things that were good or things that were bad. Yeah, but it's all quite. A, but just something I'd been thinking about. And I wanted to see what you thought of it. You felt guilt over trashing Patrick Patrick Wilson. Yeah, yeah I think that's Aww. his name. But you know, but but not, Honestly, not, I, I wasn't losing any sleep over it. But like, <laughs> oh, that, well, that's good. You know what I mean? Just as far My as like, just came off. When you're when you catch yourself being mean, yeah, and you wonder where it's coming from, you don't like his five head. <laughs> See, I can relate because I have a five head. What's a five head? Well, it's like a little bit bigger than a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I, Patrick Wilson and I are kindred spirits because we have the same hairline. Oh. Uh. <laughs> You know, we've got this tall forehead. You're so. a four and a half head. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel half <laughs> half a head better. But um, <laughs> but anyways, I'm sure we'll rail into some movies again soon. Um, Undoubtedly. But we watched Asylum a few days ago, and we're going to talk about it from yeah. 1972. Very British. Come to the Asylum. 
Come to the asylum to get killed. Come to the asylum. Yes, I think the time has come to take violence toys away from you. To get killed. Come to the asylum. To get killed. Asylum. What did you think of Asylum? What would you rate it for our rating system? Oh, man. Let's rate off the bat. Well, considering that... Oh, I get, no, I was going to say I paid for this, but I didn't actually pay for it. Right. Oh, yeah. Just, we we watched just, this via a free trial subscription to Fandor, which is yeah. cool service. Um, which, before I rate this, I will say I, I looked through what Fandor has it's super obscure stuff. I mean, at least in like for me, like I recognized almost I nothing did the that's trial, on there. Like a couple of years ago, I enjoyed yeah. it, and I so I'm sort of like I'm not sure it's for me personally because mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start because nothing looks familiar. We can look short, sort by genre and just look at horror. I will do that. Yeah, we'll see for your remaining two days or whatever. I know. Yeah, it probably is only two days, but, but maybe we'll get it someday, or maybe we yeah. could get them to sponsor us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything bad. It's just super obscure. Yeah. So I got to explore it a little bit. But that's what they offer. So yeah. yeah. So, so okay. Rent so it. Rent it, buy it, stream it. On the lower end. <sighs> Avoid it. I, I, I think this movie needs to be watched, personally. And like, <laughs> not necessarily because I think it's good, but because it's, it's very of its time, and I think it's actually potentially a, a fairly big influencer for certain filmmakers, current filmmakers mm-hmm. or recent filmmakers. Um, so I think it's sort of important in a way, at least what they're doing. Anyway, so I I think because of that alone, I would say I'd 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 spend I'd rent it. For sure. I'd spend $4 or whatever, $5 to watch this. Yeah. I say definitely. rent it. I thought it was definitely one of the better, like, um, better horror anthology films I've seen, which, like, yeah. usually you get excited about, and it's just they're so bad, or, yeah. like, there's only kind of one good one among them. Yeah. But I've, I like only dipped my toe in that. The more contemporary horror anthologies, maybe three three times in yeah. the last year or so. And another one I liked was The House That Dripped Blood, which is, I mean, I should say another British one I liked, which was a Hammer horror film. Yeah. So another, and Peter Cushing was in that too. Oh, really? <laughs> He's a go-to guy? Yeah. So yeah, I'd say rent it. Cool. Um, yeah. So should we break down why what worked for us? Sure. Oh, no, we should give a summary. Oh, right. Thank so, you. We forgot last time. So here, here's, here's a... I don't know. Here's my version of a summary. It's obviously, like we said, anthology. So it is England, somewhere in the English countryside, and a doctor of some sort, psychiatry, I guess, um, shows up at at an asylum to, I guess, interview for a job. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of the setup, right? He's 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 the outsider coming in, 
to discover what's inside the asylum. And then he's given this sort of task to test his abilities to, to go through each of the patients to see which one of them is the former head of the asylum who is yep. now committed. And so that obviously is the setup for us meeting each patient and then each anthology or whatever you call it, each story is each patient's story. So there's f- three, four. Wait a minute. There's there's three there's that three. are separate. And then the fourth story takes place in the wraparound world. That's right. Right. So there's four patients up there yeah. and an orderly. Yeah. Um, and that's really it. You get these flashbacks of why these people are supposedly crazy. Yeah. That's it. Great summary, Tim. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I worked really hard on that. All right. Let's see what worked for us. It worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> you go first. Well, wait, okay, what were you just saying? What, what um what, what remind? did work? Um I mean I just loved the the I mean the you know you know with these anthologies it's always like okay well what's the wraparound as I said I thought this one was great like where we it was fun you go from patient to patient and then you see what put them in the madhouse yeah and it's and it's sort of dual leveled right like you by by predicating it on this who who's the former doctor of the asylum your your on that ride, right? Like you're wondering that too. So you're you're trying to solve, quote unquote, solve the mystery while you watch these flashbacks of these patients, which are, you know, stories within themselves. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a fun and smart way to, you know, create a thread between the three stories or mm-hmm. four stories that you get. I think it's super smart. Yeah. And fun. It was fun. It's always that, like, the anticipation of the next one. Yeah. And then a fun way to sort them. And then it was cool because you actually had the person who was in the story in the flesh, which usually isn't, I would say, totally typical in oh, horror yeah. anthologies. Where it's like, you know, the VHSs are just on the tape or blah, yeah. blah, blah. But there was actually the the physical link of the person being there. I liked that. That's interesting. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. Um uh, I mean, just starting from the beginning of the movie, like with Night on Bald Mountain playing. Oh, that's right. And a very like, to, it seemed to me like it was a really specific composition of it. Like it's it's like whoever did the music for this, I had not heard, at least. It, it sounded like it to it me. It didn't sound like the versions of that, like that I've traditionally well, heard. So it, maybe I've, I don't know. It where was turned up way loud. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It was super loud. I loved that. So I loved that about yeah. it. It was sort of like, it was just nice from the get-go to have this like, you're going to like this movie or you're not right. kind of intro. Real in your face. Yeah. In a, you know, well, for me, it was in a good way. It was like... Yeah, I enjoyed it. Here is a movie that you're going to watch. Uh, yeah, it was just the, <laughs> the going for it intensity, which I like and respect. Yeah. yeah. And then that continued for me, like sort of as the movie is still at the beginning of the movie when it started. I loved... 
as I said, the going for intensity of when uh, he's, it's the doctor who's going to interview and he's just seeing the place for the first time and he's walking up the staircase and like all the drawings <laughs> oh, and frames right. are there on the side. And it's just like really, ex- it's, or I would say really, it's an extended sequence of the camera just sort of showing all the artwork of the asylum of just sort of like these right. old drawn sketches of uh, insane people at the insane asylum. But the camera like did a full 360 degree rotation yeah. and the intense music was playing it's real i mean to me my my initial reaction to that stuff is like this is so over the top yeah but that's kind of what it should be it's campy yeah it is it's it's super like i said it's super british it's like it's the it was the perfect middle ground for me of being ridiculous and scary you know yeah those two things silly and scary um yeah what else which is always a way but in a way that's like unique to british horror films yes. you know like with the the, the acting style where oh, in the characters where it's like so serious yeah. but like because of that it's so much fun to have these stories <laughs> of like you know a mannequin coming alive and killing right. someone or like i love that that compare i don't want that comparison but yeah these this sort of acting style these sort of characters getting put in such i don't know it's yeah as i said unique to the british horror of the seventies, <laughs> man, it fe- it just like that to me is is one of the big things that I I that worked for me, but I, I think it works be- in so far that you can't go into this movie thinking it's gonna like I don't know, it's not gonna tickle your modern sensibilities in any way. No. It is not. It's nineteen seventy two British camp horror. Yeah, like. And there's and and can't I don't think that this movie can be made now. No, right? You, you it just try. can't. And so there's something to me. Maybe this is just nostalgia or something mm-hmm. talking, but like it is so of its time that it makes me feel like it's more important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know why that. Like it's a like it's a it's a historical like important thing that needs to be preserved and people need to see (laughs) because it's like you you know what horror is right now right and that's something that we are trying to sort of you know explore in in even just doing this podcast but like to go back to this time period when i'm not even sure they knew what horror like what they oh because like we're doing a product of a time is a product of a time yeah it's not you don't intend to make it sort of knowing that you know so they're doing their best to be like what is scary Mm -hmm. and i love that what they come up with (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) i loved that was that's something i liked i thought there was like not a weak story among them i loved all the stories it was great that's true the stories are although i well there was one that I liked less than the others, but do you, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to dip into things that didn't work. No, yeah, exactly. That's a different different section. But yes, the stories are. They're all complete, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, they're very well thought out. They're right. very specifically like marked out to like to to accomplish a, a specific goal yeah and it was they had their different things they were playing with the first one had the voodoo that's right which was yep. cool um and then i don't know i liked how the 
like the the twist endings, like even if you kind of saw them coming or whatever, yeah. it was still fun and seeing how they played out. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> like the, in the what was it? The first one that was the yeah the mannequin Fro- coming frozen alive. fear was the first one. Oh wait, yeah, Bonnie. <laughs> oh no, not that one. I was talking about the second one. Oh, the second one, the weird tailor. Yeah, the weird tailor. <laughs> that was the one. That's with the one Peter with Peter Cushing. Cushing, right? Which I saw the ending coming as far as the I knew it was going to be the sun, and that's why he was. Oh, using it. that was I mean, all obvious. Yeah. No, but no I, doubt. Not until it was about to happen did I see the her putting the suit on the mannequin and it coming alive. Yeah, I can't say that I saw <laughs> that coming really either. But that was eerie. Maybe not it. until the you know almost the moment before it happened, you kind of go, uh oh. Yeah. Which is actually quite commendable to you know what I mean, right, like but in, it, in this still, type of yeah, and it still had the setup of yeah. like the mannequin at the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. What was the next? The next one was Lucy comes to stay. That's a that's sort of the, um, I guess you would call that kind of a split personality. Yeah, or is she or is she not crazy one? Yeah, um, that one I my favorite part was just the actors in it, the two the two lead females. That was great. Yeah, she. Yeah, it was interesting. I'm I'm I actually forgot to look this up, but I, I'm convinced that I've seen that actress. Somewhere. Which, oh, the main? The main yeah. Girl. Well, I recognized um, the... Um, I should look it up. I recognized her name is Britt Eklund. Um, oh, man, blonde, that sounds... Oh, the blonde, blonde, blonde woman. She was so in... So Lucy. I know her with the, from The Man with the Golden Gun. Is where oh, I recognized yeah. Her. She was a Bond girl. That's what was... Okay. She has such an interesting look to her that like perfectly fits the camp vibe to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and it's... She to me is very quintessential. Like, I guess it's more swinging sixties. Yes. Like, like I I believe that she's a cast member on Laughing. Right. Which and she sort of represented that. Right. That sort of like like so the, the it, devil may care sort of. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect casting. Mm-hmm. That's um, funny. She was in Wicker Man. The first. Oh yeah, yeah. I looked her up on that, Look but I don't that. think she had a big part. I don't know. You tell us. I don't know either, but... What did you think of the the first story with... Um... Man, I... <laughs> Initially, I was like, oh, we're in for a long ride. Where the man. guy wants to kill the wife, yeah. Yeah, it's just like this actor and sort of the filming techniques, and there was some, <laughs> there were a lot of like zoom-ins. There are no push-ins in this. They're mm. all like just zoom in on the face. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know if I'm going to even enjoy this. And like he drank out of that snifter like <laughs> 40 times in the first two minutes of it. And I'm just like, what are we doing? And then it all pays off. <laughs> Even though I and well, with also, the head rolling in dude, was the first thing. I thought I, I, was, I was kind of agreeing with you, but then it picked up. So I was fast. in when like the moment that happened and the head. <laughs> yeah, the wrapped head rolls in. Yeah, I own. was like, oh, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. This is that's what this is. Right, it's awesome. Right, and it just keeps getting more awesome. And immediately, I don't know if you felt this way. I was like, this is Evil Dead too. Like this is Sam Raimi. Oh right, camp the body horror. parts. Right, yeah, the body parts individually yeah. attacking. And I just was like, for whatever reason, immediately thought to myself, I have to know whether or not Sam Raimi. In fact, I believe wholeheartedly that this was one of Sam Raimi's like go-to movies mm-hmm. 
be- right before he was making Evil Dead. I don't know. I feel it's even though it's not a common enough thing or a very common thing, I feel like it's a sort of inbred enough idea. I'd be I wouldn't I wouldn't be totally surprised. Well, what I I guess what I mean more more specifically is the sort of style of filming cuz the idea isn't super unique, right? Like, okay, body parts like guy chops up body and the body parts like reanimate. Mm-hmm. Great, that's cool. But the the borderline absurdly humorous and also like fairly disturbing at the same time, like hitting the, that sort of balance between yeah. those things with the angles, with the like how long you're you're kind of lingering on the body parts at different you know different points, just felt like Evil Dead Two to me. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, I don't know how I would ever figure this out, but I'm going to investigate right. and Evil see. T- Evil Dead 2 is more of like the laugh out loud funny yeah. though, but this, this hit more of like a genuinely eerie thing, but it was still, yeah. it was still campy no, I and agree. funny. And it was interesting. Like you'd see how they were working within their budget, but like effectively so. Totally. So like to have the body parts wrapped up in like the brown paper, like yeah. it made it eerier in a way. But it did. You're right. Where you, uh, you couldn't see them, but you knew they were there. But at the same time, it like I'm sure saved on the budget too. There is something really interesting and 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 unsettling about this. Just wrapping a body part up, you know. I mean, it obviously sort of, uh, you know, it gives you sort of a hearkening back to like mummy and and stuff like that, but. I don't know. I don't know what that like putting the veil over a body part. It's the obscured is, body. Yeah. Yeah. It it does evoke an unsettling thing. So I I think I I don't know. It, it makes you think of the body, but not the person. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. Exactly. It I it's it's really effective. Mm-hmm. Even just having these like rope the twine kind of wrapped around the the butcher block paper or whatever you would right. call it. In initially, when I saw the poster for this, you know, the poster has that wrapped up face is sort of front and center and, and the biggest thing on the poster. I immediately assumed this was a mummy like mm. thing. And obviously it's not. It's it's totally different. But it, it it just I think that imagery and and whatever that the effect it's having is super evocative. Mm-hmm. You're right. It is in the same vein as a mummy. It's like gives me ideas, you know what I mean? I think that makes it exciting. Well, then it's also scary because you don't know as far as the head if it's like the face is moving around and right. is she expressing yeah, exactly. at the same time or is it just this like, you know, expressionless head that's just sort of moving around. Yeah, and I guess it's it's sort of just an extension of, of kind of what masks do Yep. and how the they're classic, used in the culture. It, it's great. Yeah, Um a stylistic thing that I liked were um, that I saw used twice. Remind me if it was used more, but like the I haven't really seen before, but like colored lights, like like multicolored lighting yeah. being used to accentuate scary magic. So yeah. that was on that was on the suit, if you remember. So totally. the magic of the suit. I kept wondering how they were doing that effect. It was like, cool, yeah. yeah. And then it was also um, in the last segment. When, oh um, yeah. Which was, I mean, my favorite one. If we want to talk about that soon, of the the doctor building the dolls, and when he was doing the little like ceremony thing or whatever to That's put right. himself inside. The well, doll. it it 
it, yeah, lights were flashing everywhere. It definitely felt um uh what's his name? <laughs> the yeah. Italian horror. Dario yeah. It felt like I watched Suspiria, mm-hmm. I don't know, a couple months ago. Which is just, I mean, it's just Technicolor. I mean, it's just like in your face. Yeah. So it had a little, I wondered, I, I, I don't actually remember which came first now. But to use it like but, less, less in a blanket way, but more like to sort of highlight. Yeah. You know? No, I think it was smart. And I think they were making a more subtle sort of choice based on potentially mm-hmm. being influenced by. Yeah. Know, Probably. Um, I just liked the idea of rainbow multicolors being yeah. a creepy thing, which is the association isn't usually there. True. Yeah. It's an, yeah, it is really an interesting, again, so of its time, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it was, if it's a product of them being like super thoughtful or them literally being like, uh, be go grab those lights. Yeah. <laughs> right, and they just happened twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know, and same with like the the what we talked about the body parts wrapped up. It's like, oh shit, what do we wrap them in? I don't know. We they yeah. don't look good. Like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. What would we wrap them in? Yeah, we don't have like silicone prosthetics yet. What mm-hmm. are we, well, how are we going to make this look cool? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, any other specific things for you that came to mind? I mean, just. I think, you know, in a weird way, this, maybe this is how we, how we move into things, things that didn't work, but the acting was sort of equal parts. I was like, I love this acting and I fucking hate it. Well, then let's just talk about what you loved about it. Okay. Well, it's like, you know, that these actors, they, they showed up and they, they did their, like, they they did their work, <laughs> you know? And they took the material, which is, I wonder at the time, you know, do you get this material and, and you go, oof, this is, this is a little over the top and, like, pretty tropey and whatever. But in 1972, it, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, you just trust. It right? is now. Like, yeah. I look at it and I'm like, every single one of these stories, I was like, I basically know the story after the, you know, the 30 second setup. Mm-hmm. You kind of go, yeah, I've seen this. They probably weren't thinking that. Right. I would imagine. They were certainly, I mean, this and, movie hadn't existed before it was And made. they're doing a thing. Like, it's a style. Mm-hmm. And like Peter Cushing is fucking awesome. He's perfect. And you for know that, that dude, that dude is, you know, he, he had an amazing career and is yeah. a, well-renowned as an incredible it was actor. A great performance in this, having yeah. like, lost his son. There's a moment that what I'm thinking, because this does feel, it feels a little like made for TV. Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment where Peter Cushing is ta- talking about his son. And I'm like, oh man, like he really showed up for this scene. Actors totally elevate it. Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, his, his eyes well up and he's, he's still maintaining his sort of weird macabre, like stoicness. So it's just like, I, it's, I'm always really, really excited and pleased when you see actors, like you said, elevate material. They could have just shown up and, and kind of 
done it by the numbers. Well, it's because Peter Cushing knew that, you yeah. know, we'd be watching it 40 years later. That's right. He, you're right. It he probably... Even if it's like not a quote unquote good movie or wasn't going to be, you know. Right. No, it's just, I, I, it just, I love that when you see that and you don't always see that. Yeah. <laughs> right. By any stretch right, of the all imagination. All right, I'm getting the paycheck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, just two, two more very specific things in it I liked, unless we want to get into no, no. stories more. Um, I loved in the last story, like, you know, I mean, I just loved it overall. It was my favorite one of it's about the doctor who's in the, another doctor who's in the asylum mm-hmm. and it's the last one he visits and he has this collection of little dolls. Which was like, you know, they were just talking about the low budget. They were just put on to like these little robot toys. <laughs> yeah. That was... But it was, but the faces were The faces great. were pretty good. And I loved about them. I loved that it was genuinely creepy when like the eyes appeared in it. Yeah. To have like these little human eyes appear in it when they weren't there before. And then I loved, I think the word he used was like, you know, it, uh, make them the insides are organic or something like that. But basically yeah, he says something like the insides are us yes. or something. Well, yeah. Like, he Ooh. transmuted himself into it, which, you know, you think it might just be where it's like, Oh, he's, he's made matter come alive and moving. Mm-hmm. But at the end when, um, the guy stomps on it and destroys it, there's literal like guts. Yeah. And I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, absolutely. The guts and this little thing that he made alive. Like it was, he's actually brought life to it more than just the sense of it being animated. But it was like, which let's be honest, that's a, that's a pretty intense jump, right? (laughs) Like up to then every other story was fairly like, yeah, this could happen. I guess the mannequin coming to life. And isn't the, the, but wait but the body was... parts coming to life the mannequin coming to life and wait tim are you, <laughs> you mean i guess what i mean is in this in the setup of this could all be in their heads right mm. that they could all just be crazy that was actually something i disagree i thought that was something i liked about it was that i thought except for maybe the the woman seeing you know imagining the like that woman that could lucy, be in her head. lucy yeah. yeah i thought they all were like it seemed like there wasn't too much doubt that this actually, these things actually happened Oh, really? Because like for, for me, for the in the first one, the Frozen Fear one, right? She's, she, the, the woman who is describing this story, the, the, who's in the asylum, is the, um, the mistress of the guy who kills his wife, right? And in the end, she's, she's basically hitting herself in the face with an axe to get the, disembodied arm Mm -hmm. off of her and i thought to myself maybe she just imagined that and was you know what i mean maybe this is all she is insane we're in an insane asylum maybe she had some sort of mental break because of whatever the thought i mean this is something you'd have to flesh out over a a much longer story something though just in in the handling of it felt like because they were showing it all to us Mm. that it was like just this happened versus there were no ever little moments where it was like, oh, but maybe. I mean, I guess you're right. You could interpret it as yeah, they were just crazy. Yeah, interesting because I kind of just did interpret it as that. No, okay. I liked it as like, oh, this stuff actually. And but so me. for me, mm-hmm. when we get to the the fourth one or third one, fourth one, the, the robots, the little robots, <laughs> and then he gets stomped on. And then it's, I mean, it's one thing that he's controlling it 
somehow, right? Yeah. He's controlling these little robot guys. We don't see, like, he doesn't have a remote control or anything. We're sort of like, hmm, how's that happening? It's it's magical. Yeah. So then I'm thinking, oh, but we're we're in the the setup of the the whole story right we're in the this asylum isn't in this, this story. isn't yeah this isn't some flashback yeah so i'm like okay we've kind of jumped into a new realm here and then, <laughs> and then it gets stomped on well it kills it, kill, it kills the new uh or the interim doctor or whatever yeah. you would call him uh it kills him by sticking a what was like that? A like a letter opener? Oh, it was a scalpel. Yeah. <laughs> so it sticks that in the back up, of his head. And... Slowly, but then gets him. Yeah. And oh, so and good. then gets stomped on and his guts are in there. And, and obviously this is, you know, and then the orderly upstairs is like, oh, you know, it's like he's been, his chest is caved in. And you're like, shit, all of this is real. So to me, in a way, my feeling of the, the stories up to that point be having a question mark on them. Then the question, this is what gets the question mark off of them. Okay, yeah. Then you know what I mean? So to me, that where... that's like a really, really smart and and well-constructed sort of answer. Yeah. Like, if you were thinking this whole time that maybe these things are in their head or maybe they're not, guess what? They're fucking not. True, yeah. So maybe <laughs> Which, that's why I left with that. Yeah, yeah. Left with that impression. But that, yeah. That's great. The it, guts. It is awesome. <laughs> It looked kind of like, I don't know, what do you think? Like kind of... Like fish guts or something. Yeah. I thought of um, uh, uh, like like cherry upside down cake. Have you ever had cherry upside down? Like those canned cherries, you know? It looked like guts Blech. to me. But I love that. By the way, cherry upside down cake is like my favorite thing. Right. My mom used to make that for me at, like every birthday. I love it. Um, and also, so in that last last story, you know, the wraparound story I loved, I should mention the twist. So oh, great. did you see the twist coming? No. I almost immediately was like, it's not going to be a patient. It's going to well, be the order. Here, that whole setup of the film, yeah. and when you were, which you did a great job explaining, and you're like, oh, so you're wondering which one it was. I missed that dialogue somehow. Oh, interesting. So, so I may have gotten it, I think, if I had had yeah, that. Yeah. But I just was like, oh, this is just, he's just being shown around. Yeah. So, um, so this, to me, this really, for me, is the biggest what, uh, I don't even know if I want to say what doesn't, didn't work, but it is, a, it, uh, I don't, I don't know. It, it's not that it didn't work. It's well, just that I it knew too? it wasn't, I, I knew in almost every yeah. step of the way, I knew the end. Yeah. And I, I kind of was, an, I was annoyed by it. Which was, yeah, that it was that the orderly was actually the doctor that he was looking for. Right. The do- doctor that he was supposed to make. But even within the actual stories, I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, this, she's split personality. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. her, you know, the corpse is going to come back a lot. Right? You know what I mean? So it, it, well, it, but, except for the mannequin coming, like right. actually animating. But then how about, okay, well then how about the how of how it happened? With the twist and how then he killed our hero doctor that was interviewing there. Like, I thought that was so great. With first, it was like, okay, so he discovers the body of the actual doctor. And then the the orderly, or the guy who's posing as the orderly, who then kills our hero, he takes a stethoscope and strangles him with the stethoscope, <laughs> which I hadn't seen. That was great. And then that was he good. uses the stethoscope that he used to strangle him to check it on <laughs> and, like, listen to him. And then he, yeah. like... And then, and then he went into, which was 
my favorite crazed laugh in anything uh, I'd amazing. ever heard. Which we should play it now. Can you? Well, I mean, we'll oh, oh, it. yeah, yeah, we'll insert it now. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Asylum, the most exciting film you'll ever see. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> He's so dedicated right? to his insanity. Oh <laughs> I love God. it. So, if you said, if you pulled somebody off the street, we should try this. Mm -hmm. We should pull somebody off the street and just say, "Okay, you're insane." Go. Give me like give me 10 seconds of your most insane laugh. Well, in LA with uh, we might I know, actually be, be able to do that. <laughs> no, as far as everyone's an actor. So. Yeah, I know, right? Um I just think it, it's such a good it moment. It won best this one though. This no, one no. Is this one takes the cake. <laughs> and I hope you thought so too. God, it was great. Um Okay, well, any, things that didn't work for us. It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, me the the sort of tropey predictability of it is is. I mean, I like I said, I don't want to use it as a mark against it, but I, you know, it just was something the whole time where I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. So it's, I don't know if it, it's not that it didn't work. It's just that I was like, eh. But I really like this movie. So I'm I like, I got over it really fast. Right. I was like that. I guess what it is, it's like, I acknowledged very quickly that that's what this movie is. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was just only the one, the Lucy Comes to Stay, where it was just that one just dragged a little bit for me. And like the twit, like seeing that twist of like, okay, yeah. she's just in her imagination that one um it had the cool it was like what it was like uh, oh, the scissors man. impaled the, in... the scissors in her brother yeah and then the knife i think it was a knife in the in the um nurse right so that was kind of cool but it and... wasn't as cool as like the mannequin coming in in the other one correct and it wasn't as cool as the little dolls killing the guy in the other one but i will say that that knife in the chest is really really well timed like the setup and the actual timing and the execution of that quote unquote scare got me to be like, I'm going to back away from the mic, got me to be like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a fun kill. Like, it was a really good fun kill. Yeah. And I was excited about it. And it made up, I think, a little bit for the kind of dragginess of that mm -hmm. episode, I guess. The curse of being the last one in an yeah. anthology film. <laughs> um, well, you said there was something that the performances also didn't work for you. What did you mean by that? It's just a style. I mean, it's a time and style. You can equally relate to both Oof. times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you call it melodramatic. It's It just feels, like I said, it's made for TV feeling. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing to say. Like I, this movie really for me is a bit schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. Like, or not not the movie itself, but how I feel about it. Because I I like the fact that it's campy and and over the top and ridiculous. It makes me feel good. But from a critical standpoint, I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> when 
for me, like, I'm like, Ugh. when you say so that, it's weird. I don't know why I'm that not. style of acting that's in being able to relate to the part of it that doesn't work for you. Are you actually talking about the writing? Because I feel like they're just acting what's true to the writing. Ooh. Like it's the dialogue versus necessarily the performances. Mm. I don't know. No, it's kind of the stuff in between the dialogue. It's kind of the muggy muggingness mm-hmm. to it, especially in the first one. I mean, man, that dude with his snifter. <laughs> I mean, he right. he mugs hard like four or well, five. That's just who he is. Yeah, and and it just, <laughs> in the hands of a Peter Cushing, that stuff just doesn't. It's not. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. But in a lesser actor, and and you're right, part of it is the writing, but and part of it's, I mean, it's all the things. Yeah, it's, it's directing, it's writing, it's the choices, it's, a it's case the of style like of the time, it's all those Peter things. Peter Cushing really believing it and acting well versus yeah. the snifter guy is just sort of like, okay, this is the robe, this is who it is, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, kind of, I get what you mean, more caricature. Yeah. I mean, it's like the... The doctor um, who who sets the task, the doctor of the asylum who sets the task for the the arriving um, prospective doctor, uh, by the way, is he's a pretty famous dude, right? He's the Which guy. Which one? The guy in the wheelchair? Yeah, the guy I in the wheelchair. I was going to mention that in the things of no. Okay, we'll get to it. <laughs> so, so, but that actor. Patrick McGee. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time with him because he, to me, he's a fairly over the top actor mm-hmm. like I feel like he's he's it's a style I don't know he's working too hard yeah I don't know for me that's <laughs> just like it's more a character actor kind of yeah. feel I like them. but there's there is such a fine line I think sometimes with character actors between being a character and mm-hmm. interesting and being a fucking caricature and being hammy yeah and you know, in a different movie, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, that guy sucks. In this movie, I'm like, it's kind of, it's 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 fine. It's kind of just right mm-hmm. for this movie. But that's why I say I'm, I feel very kind of conflicted about yeah, this. It's weird. It's the, it's hard for me to criticize it because I really enjoyed it. It's the, Is it the casting too? Is yeah, exactly. Is it itself versus the performance? You know? You know, did they offer it to somebody better? <laughs> and he was like, I'm busy. Um, I'm having tea. I'm very British. But he's great, though. Um, and a crumpet. And a biscuit. Patrick McGee. Yeah. He's great. Um, the only... <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot for things that didn't work for me, actually. But it was like... There was only one in the first segment when... Um, I mean, where he talked about and gushed about just loving all the limbs attacking them. But mm-hmm. the aspect of that where I was just kind of like confused, but in a not good way was her attacking back with the ax. It was like, you couldn't <laughs> tell if there were any actual blows landing. Definitely. There not. was like, no, like, was she just trying to scare them away? There was no blood or yeah. dismemberment or anything, which just sort of felt like that would have been, that should have been part of it, which was, I was like, is that then budget? Right. I think it's just budget in that case. Which works when it's so brief as in like, you know, in Psycho, the knife True. Know, touching skin. But, but it went on and on, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> so <laughs> it's that... like, man, she's swung this axe like maybe 50 times. Right. We that... still don't know if she's hit it at all. It was specific. Yeah. That was, that was kind of bugging me. 
That's funny. Yeah, I actually thought after the first one, because there was no blood in the first one, I was like, ooh, is the whole thing going to be bloodless? And, and sort of, is this because of maybe like the rating system at the time or like the censors at the time in Britain? Maybe it was this, there was sort of certain rules and you couldn't. But then in the next one, you saw blood. Are you ready to go into things of note? Totally. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. Yeah, that was my first thing, was just uh, thinking there was, uh, there was little or an inconsistent amount of blood use. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it really does. We could definitely look this up, I'm sure, and figure mm-hmm. it out. But it begs the question, like, what are your limitations based on the time period? Because right. we know that exists, right? I mean, it's it's actually, I think, one of the great motivators of of unique solu- uh, problem solving mm-hmm. in, in, in horror film in particular, because you're dealing with stuff that they're like, yeah, you can't. You're right. You I feel like it was a budget that. thing, though. I yeah. Think, I in this case, that. I think you're right. Um, so yeah, this is an inconsistent blood use, which I was going for. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> I noted there was two stories that involved inanimate objects coming to life. At True. The end, but I liked that well, they were different. Th- three, really? The dolls. Oh, so you thought I meant the arms or the, the body parts. I was oh. talking about the dolls and the mannequin. Oh, interesting. So I guess that's actually three if you count the body parts. I, I, yeah. So then, uh, yeah. But then what was cool is just noting the different means of it. The first one, now saying that what you pointed out was voodoo making the body parts right. come back. And then the other one was something like sort of occultism or astrology. Totally, because there's like a. It, I, I actually was expecting them to be like, this is the Necronomicon. Yeah. So but the, they don't mention it, but there is the book that he sold his whole fortune for. So occultism, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the last one was, that, that was <laughs> it was super cool and it was cu- creepy because it's hard to put a name on it. It was transmuting the self using like right. intense psychological, but then, and then, but then it's, there were guts in it, which made it. I just apart. had a realization. Yeah. The third one is fight club. What do you mean? It's the same premise. Oh, the third, the third segment. Yeah, not the third of what we were just talking about. Isn't Lucy the Lucy one the third one? It is in there. But I thought you meant third as far as the three different examples of. Oh no 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 no! I just mean the third episode of Uh this anthology is is basically Fight Club. (laughs) As far as yeah. That 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 your the aspect See, of yourself. This this a... movie is so prescient. <laughs> it really like paved the way for great films mm-hmm. to come. Yeah, whether it knew it or not, a story that's been told a thousand <laughs> times. There's also, I think, in the Lucy one. I'm sorry, I'm totally interrupting your point, but in the Lucy one, the, there's sort of a weird, like, don't do drugs. <laughs> oh right. It's like, is it speed? Like, what are her pills? Is it just sort of like, what are yeah. we talking about? Is that what I is actually that think that's what's making yeah. her see Lucy, but that's not really ever explored because Lucy doesn't want her to take the pills. So it's like, if Lucy wants to exist, then she shouldn't take yeah, the, the pills. Yeah, the pills like, thing was kind of... I'm confused. But anyway, back to your point. I, w- I wasn't the really in- making a the point. I just was... Inanimate to animate. These are just noteworthy. I just thought yeah. was, those were the three as that was a reoccurring 
thing in it. But it was done in such a way since they were different each time. It wasn't, I just loved it each time. Well, and I guess you could say in the Lucy one that she's turning an inanimate thing into an animate thing too. It's her imagination is Is becoming animated. Is one's imagination inanimate? (laughs) I think it has to be a physical. Well... (laughs) (laughs) It's not... It doesn't. It's not animated. Yeah, so it's inanimate. All right. Well, that's a stretch, but (laughs) that is a stretch. But I think it's a stretch that this that this movie would be like, yeah, yeah. All right, great. So they're all tied together (laughs) through through that. We did it. We Um, figured out the through line of the through line. (laughs) Um, Well, here this was a a thing of note. Something a through line of a through line. I was reading Roger Ebert's review. Oh, yeah. And he was basically saying he viewed it as they were all about people who were obsessed with something. And the reason he said that, which is, this is what I wanted to note, which was interesting, was Roger Ebert, he interviewed the producer Max J. Rosenberg when Max J. Rosenberg was in Chicago. And he described Max Max J. Rosenberg at their lunch or dinner that he put away about a gallon of coleslaw. And he (laughs) just kept ordering plates and plates of coleslaw. And then he went on to say maybe, you know, Max J. Rosenberg is obsessed with coleslaw, just like how these films had characters who all had an obsession. Good old Roger Ebert. Yeah. He really really knows how to... There was no review in this review, too. (laughs) It was just pretty much just on this. You guys should read it. That's hilarious. Um... Robert Block, who wrote Psycho, wrote this. Yes, I wanted to mention that. And then we already sort of mentioned that the doctor who's uh, incapacitated in the wheelchair was played by Patrick McGee from A Clockwork Orange and Barry Lyndon. In in probably the most... If you want to talk about, like, actually scary, like, the singing in the rain rape scene is one of the more disturbing and and terrifying scenes, I think, in cinema. And, I mean, Patrick... And Patrick McGee, just to stay on him, was like... I don't know, like, that's, that's... I mean, his face in that scene... Right. ...is... Like, what you were saying as far as... What's terrifying about it. Well, as far as, like, this sort of, like, I guess we were calling character actors, but actors Mm -hmm. who do have a certain, I don't want to say, like, bigness. Yeah, sure. Because that's usually has a bad connotation. Face actors. Yeah. But there's some Kubrick quote, I forget what it was, (laughs) where, like, Steven Spielberg saw, um, saw, uh, The Shining... And then he's like, I don't know, you know, isn't the performance kind of like way big or the Jack Nicholson? And then I forget who the actor is, but Cooper was like, oh, you know, who my favorite actor is, was blah, blah, blah. I forget his name. But someone who had the idea of yeah. you know, being like a Jack Nicholson type or like in this case, a Patrick McGee type. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know how he used them. He knew how to <laughs> use these types of actors, you know? Right. No doubt. I mean, yeah. Um, and then we said Britt Eklund. She was in Bond Girl and the Man That's with the right. Golden Gun. Oh, I wanted to look up the uh, Barbara. Was it Barbara? Oh yeah, Charlotte Ramping. Rampling yeah, is know. her name. I don't know what she was in that that I like m- may have seen once, but um, man, did she look familiar to me? I don't know. I have her up here right now. Vanishing Point, The Night Porter. She was posed nude in Playboy. Do you have a... That's what it is. Do you have a 1974 Playboy? (laughs) No. Okay. Oh, she was in Zardoz with Sean Connery. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. You haven't... Okay. Well, it's not quite horror, but you should check out Zardoz. (laughs) 
Um, she's an orca, the killer whale movie. I have seen that, so maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I think it's about it. I don't <laughs> she's know. She's just been around. Yeah. Good for her. I don't she's... know. I don't think we have anything much. I don't have anything else to say. No, not really. I mean. We should wrap it up. Rent it. Yeah. Rent or it. don't. Or get a free trial to Fandor and watch it. Or yeah. apparently it's on YouTube, so just watch it there. Um, but, but don't watch it there because it's shit. Since we lost our uh, What Scares Us segment at the beginning, we were thinking about yeah. the end tacking on just a something we're watching or a recommendation. Yeah, and we're trying to think of a funny, punny way to say recommendations, and we're not being very successful. I don't know, I Jim. said recommendations. Recommendated. I don't have it. So here are recommendations. There you go. <laughs> theme music burr, 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 recommendations um i've been listening to a podcast called um you must remember this which has been around for a while i i, I originally found it because of somebody had recommended it to me about uh, one of the se- you know every for this podcast goes in seasons and every season is a different topic of like the sort of haunted or like weird or creepy history of hollywood which is something I like. And so originally I listened to it for um, the season on Charles Manson, which is fantastic and really disturbing and upsetting at times. And just the, the woman who does it is great. She's, she's, she speaks very, very like everything is super enunciated. So at first it's a little hard, you'll get over it. Um, But this particular season that I listened to recently is called Boris and Bella. And it's all about Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi and, you know, the the dawn of the universal monster film era. And it's awesome. So check it out. It's called You Must Remember This. I will. That sounds good. Um, I just finished watching per recommendation on my friend. I think it's pretty popular. A lot of you have probably seen it. You've probably seen it on HBO. There's the, the Jinx Speaking oh, of serial killers, yes. or this, I guess he wasn't, I don't know, something killer, serial killer, but man, that was really good. I wasn't uh, the first episode when I just thought it was sort of a procedural thing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too crazy about it, but as soon as it was like, no, we're interviewing him throughout it and it became more a character study. That's when it became fascinating and like seeing his sort of like physical ticks that he would do when you're holding a lie like that. (laughs) I thought that was really fascinating. And then I don't want to spoil the ending, but watch it till the end. Definitely watch that. Um, I love that. Yeah. You kind of make a good point actually, just to sort of wrap it up. Um, If you want to, if you want to direct film and you want to direct actors, go watch documentaries and watch how those people behave because man are they f- like by and large way more interesting yeah and like you'll learn a sh- i mean if you're an actor too if you're an actor go, documentaries, go watch would, that shit observational documentaries i would say i yeah, mean this yeah, one exactly. had observational moments like when the camera they would just let the camera roll or they'd hold on him right. after he said something so i loved that it used that man it's good stuff i mean it's you can just you could take a lot away from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about uh, how about what we're gonna do next time? Ooh, we haven't really talked about that. Yeah, we that. have. Oh, right. We have. Are it. we gonna do the sharks? <laughs> no, we aren't gonna do a killer shark movie. <laughs> but it's another killer animals film, Tim. 
Oh, yeah, Willard. We're going to watch Willard from 2003. Yes. The Crispin Glover one, which I, I was. I think I've seen it. I was really huge on it when it came out, and I have the <laughs> you DVD. You would be. <laughs> but I haven't watched it since like 2004. Wow. So it's been, you know, a decade That's and some change. And how many? So you think you've watched it in your life? You've watched it twice. I've watched it a few times. I've okay. probably watched it like two to four. Okay. Two, th- three, four. So it's five. not. It's not going to be. You're not going to be like, oh, I forgot all about this. I probably will. No, I only remember like kind of moments from it. I really want to revisit it. I remember sort of the feel of it, but I've been super curious to revisit it. And it's not so well I know that we wouldn't do an episode on it. Cool. Yeah. I've not seen it. Um, I think I've seen a scene from it. Then I look forward to watching it. And I don't even know what that scene would be. A scene with some rats in it. (laughs) Well, uh, I look forward to talking to you about it soon. Yeah, so if you guys uh, have time, go watch it quick and then listen to the next episode. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>